The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show seven days a week from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, myself and Tommy Dreamer talk about AEW Dynamite from last night, especially the Darby Allen promo that had the AEW faithful chanting. What were they chanting? You're going to have to tune in right now to the Busted Open Podcast. There's one thing that happened last night. I want to get your take on it, Tommy, because when I watched it this morning, my jaw dropped, and I just couldn't believe what I was hearing and what I was seeing. And I went on social media because I wasn't on it really at all last night. Um, I want to get a feel. And there's people who really loved it. There was people that hated it. And I'm not going to say I loved it. And I'm not going to say I hated it. I was just like wowed by it. Like I said, my jaw dropped when I heard it. And that was Darby Allen's promo from last night. A lot of people thought there was a lot of fire, which there was. A lot of people thought that it was great. And there was a lot of people that were confused and didn't like it. Your first initial thoughts on Darby Allen's promo to the Young Bucks last night on Dynamite. You have two wrestlers that are abusing their power. And I'm talking storyline-wise. I'm not talking behind the scenes. Um, Storyline-wise, they're the new, you know, I guess evil EVPs or doing things that are totally non- young buckish or have embraced the role of the EVP and being heels, which they are really, really good heels. Uh, At times, Dave, like I said, AEW is a world onto itself when it comes to chance, good versus bad. Um, Because at one point the fans are chanting for the EVPs before the match starts. But then, like good heels, they're able to turn the fans uh, against them. Um, they, The setup was great where when they pushed Shivani or bumped into Shivani and then they were like, hey, let me help you up. And you you heard that crowd simmer like, are they actually going to hit Tony Shivani with the double knees? And then here comes Darby. Um, great setup. Yes, Darby was a house of fire, had the baseball bat. Of course, you're going to run from a guy who's got a baseball bat. Um, your point in particular, I'm assuming is when Darby said, at least 
I was hired by an EVP who had some brains, that situation. But again, what I got out of that is nothing after what he said. It's what he said about the EVPs. And you didn't have to throw the line out there about, and I'm not talking about Kenny Omega. You could have made it about Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega's still with AEW. Kenny Omega's a babyface. He's out right now, but the fans love Kenny Omega. You could have gotten an arena of people chanting Kenny Omega's name. Why did you make it about Cody Rhodes? Like, you know, I, I, I can't believe I'm on a Thursday morning, Tommy, I'm talking about Cody Rhodes after watching Dynamite because he was referenced by Darby Allin, and then you had an AEW crowd chanting Cody na- Cody's name. I, I don't know why you would go there, Tommy. I really don't. Um, well, he's telling a truthful story. Um, and sometimes it's okay in the world of pro wrestling to um, change your real story, but if you really do think about it, he could have changed it with one name. Tony. Mm-hmm. All he had to do was, thank God I had a boss who believed in me. And then the fans would have chanted Tony instead of Cody or straight up say a boss that believed me. And that guy's name is Tony Khan, because honestly, as everybody who, you know, works in that company uh, and all the EVPs and all the, uh, you know, from Kenny, from the original thing, none of that could have happened without Tony Khan's money. And he deserves that praise. And for whenever there's negativity towards the company, you know, he has to take that on the chin. But if you want to build uh, a building cheering somebody who really did start that revolution, it would be Tony. You're talking about someone to someone who was part of a wrestling revolution. You're talking to someone who would take shots at both WWE and WCW. And yes, it was different, but I always knew I had the people to chant what? Three letters, ECW. If I had to say something, I would direct it towards Paul because Paul was my voice and was my boss. But then I also, like everyone knew, the heart and soul of ECW, I could put it on my own shoulders. But, like, I mean, I remember specific promos, like, uh, you know, Mick Foley cut all his classic promos about, you know, leaving this shithole basically called ECW um, to go to other places, but they don't want him. Like, I mean, it's classic promos. But I would be like, hey, they've called me too, and I would hang up. And I wouldn't say WCW. I wouldn't say, but you know what? (laughs) One of my favorite moments ever was when Mick Foley was beating the crap out of me. He was telling me to beat me up, beat me up, and like fire up. And he took off his shirt, and he started doing a WCW chant. And he had WCFNW shirt. And he started doing like a WCW chant. And the people were booing him out of the building. And then another time he had the faces of fear shirt on. And that's what really triggered me to kick his ass. Cause I was like, no, you didn't. And he's straight up showing face, uh, the faces of fear. And, you know, he starts bleeding through this white shirt because I was the guy for the company. Yeah. And if you want to be that guy for that company, put over the guy who really did start that company. Yes. Everyone contributed but it could not happen without one person's money, and that's Tony. And Tony does does deserve that praise. I've never been to a television show where he goes out, but 
But everyone, what does everybody who ever goes to the building tells us? Tony comes out there and thanks the fans. You know, I don't know if they chant Tony, but that's definitely a spot where you put over your boss because Cody can recommend you. So could the Young Bucks. So can Kenny Omega. But they don't sign those contracts and it's not, they're not paying you. And that's a perfect example of getting the people to chant AEW or getting, if you want to go, me, I always go for the company or I go for, hey, let me put my boss over. Because the guy does get a lot of shit every single day. And, you know, it's not really justified in the grand, grand scheme of things. If you make a bad decision, cool. You also, on a two-hour wrestling program, uh, a single line is going to get, you know, throw everybody a whack. And I understand it. But you did have some really, really good wrestling content. You also had some really, really good continuation of of stories. And you're going to have one hell of a show come March 3rd. There's no doubt. And, and you're right. I'm not going to judge the entire show based on that one line. But, again, as you just said, Tommy... People are going to take that one line. And I know for myself, my jaw dropped. Like, I, I couldn't believe what I was hearing. And I think what you just said was was amazing. Because the guy that really should have been mentioned, and I said Kenny Omega, Tony Khan's the perfect one. And listen, Tommy, I've been to plenty of AEW shows. And I think every AEW show that I've been to, Tony Khan comes out before the show starts and thanks the fans. And puts the fans over and and shows appreciation to the fans. And you're 100% right, Tommy, in the fact that Tony Khan gets a lot of shit. He gets a lot of criticism. Where nobody's giving him the praise that he deserves for taking a company just five years ago and making it something that we can enjoy three days a week. A lot. It's almost become, you know, it's almost become kind of like a fun thing to do is to rip... Tony Khan. Now, some of it is justified because he is very busy on social media, and and I think that's something that he's calmed down a little bit on. But, man, if there was one person to put over, it could have been Tony Khan last night. Like, again, you had an opportunity to have an arena full of people chanting Sting's name or Tony Khan's name or Kenny Omega's name. The last thing you want to do is have them chanting Cody's name. Listen, Right now, T- Tommy, Cody Rhodes is the trending name all over. I mean, that's the name that's on everyone's lips. That's the name that's on everyone's tongues. Everybody's talking about Cody Rhodes. We just saw The Rock getting Rocky Sucks chance because people are so invested in Cody Rhodes. The last thing you want to do is to have an opportunity where you have that bleed in to your show And that's what they did last night. I mean, we could talk about how the AEW fan pushed Cody Rhodes out with booing Cody Rhodes at the end of his time with AEW. Now you're going to chant his name when he's no longer with your company? Now you're going to appreciate Cody Rhodes when he's no longer there? I just don't know why Darby Allin did that. And our producer, Paul, made a great point. The Young Bucks are, are, are outside that ring. With with Darby's blood on their suits, they're still wearing the suits with Darby's dried up blood. Like, I would think that that's something you would want to reference over Cody Rhodes. 
I, I just I, I just don't understand why you would do it. And Tommy, you're 100% right. ECW was that underdog company that hated everybody. So you would point the finger at WCW and you would point the finger at the WWF. But the fans were 100% behind you. They weren't having any of that shit. They wanted an alternative from those two products. So there was no chant you were going to hear other than ECW. Nobody would dare chant a wrestler's name that wasn't a part of that company. And I'm sure everybody that was a part of that company would run through a wall for ECW. Would run through a fucking wall. That's what AEW needs right now. Listen, there's there's always going to be ups and downs. Right now, if I'm Tony Khan, I'm saying, All right, who's on board, who's not? Because we want to take this company to the next level. Who wants to do it with me? The last... They got to stop referencing the WWE. You mentioned it about too with Buddy Matthews. And then you're getting Dominic Mysterio trending and Rhea Ripley trending because of something that's said on an AEW product. That's the last thing you want to do. You want everybody to be focused and concentrated on AEW and nothing else. Like I, I hope there was somebody in the back that addressed uh, Darby Allen when that promo was over and he went to the back, I would be like, if I was a, an AEW employee or if an, I was an AEW wrestler, I'd be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? You just got you just got an arena full of people chanting Cody Rhodes' name. Why the fuck would you do that? Have them chant somebody who's a part of this company. And I bet you if Cody was here, he would say the same thing. The... The art of a promo. Again, this is, you break things down into while they're happening. The run-in, what are you doing? I'm clearing the ring with a baseball bat. I'm going to be fired up. I'm going to grab that microphone. Uh, I'm coming to the aid uh, of a beloved announcer. I'm going to grab the microphone and I'm going to spit some fire. That promo is as important when you break down a match. Yep. What is my end point? Okay, I'm going to give you guys that match that you guys want. But the words that I say will talk you in. And when I talk you in to get that, I understand that, you know, you guys are EVPs. You guys are using, you know, your own muscle. That one line that all he had to do is change and put it on the company or put it on the boss is a game changer for, for that promo. It's something that everyone could rally behind and continue. So because if you have the evil EVPs, yes, they did hire people. Yes, they do. Again, this is on camera. Um, You can, there is no, uh, you know, the NWO was different because at the time the business needed it. There is no where the company held me down, um, the, the glass ceiling, all that stuff is so outdated because if you have a microphone and you're talking about it, guess what? You're now getting that opportunity. Yep. So you have to think smarter. And that could have been like a game changer, like a hard times promo. And, you know, the EVPs trying to destroy their own company is not where the young bucks are going because they are too smart for that. Because again, that's an angle where, unless it's Tony Khan going to fight that battle. No, because why would you want to destroy the company that you currently work for? Just like the evil GM 
doesn't work anymore. You have to be smarter booker. You also have to be smarter uh, uh, in a promo. It's a littlest thing, but like that, uh, like I said, one little word would have changed that whole thing to get people, you know, chanting ECW. I straight up pile drive Beulah, roll, hit my pose. I'm full of this energy. I roll out. I jump in the crowd because that crowd was always mixed on me. And I, amongst the people, I look around and I, I look at everyone and I just start chanting ECW, throwing my fist just like I wrote, and it played forever. And thankfully, I had a boss that recognized that that was a moment. And when I came through that curtain, I said, like, Paul was like, you're over. That's it. You're done. Like, there's nothing else that could happen. Those are moments for talents to embrace. There, there's so many different times, like when you win titles, you know, remember Mick Foley's victory lap. That was such a beautiful moment. And if you really think about it, it changed the course of the business. And those are things that you can get it where, you know, I'm an AEW person. I'm an AEW supporter and I'm proud of it. Simplest little things. Yeah. And, and, and you're the perfect example, Tommy, because, you know, I was an ECW fan back in the day. And at the beginning, I wasn't a fan of Tommy Dreamer. I looked at Tommy Dreamer and Tommy Dreamer was the guy that I hated in high school. You know, you were, you were, you were that quintessential, like, I, I don't know what the, 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 perif- Guido, you were Guido. You were that guy in high school with Guido the, Guido Jock. Yeah, you were. And I you stole were the- your girlfriend. Yes. I bang them all. Yes. Yes. All you your were girls, the- David. I took them all. <laughs> for better or for worse. But what did you do? Now they Tom? all say, what regret? Look at him. <laughs> but but look what you were able to do. So, so, Tommy, when you had the opportunity, whether it was with physicality or whether it was on the microphone, you had to choose your words very carefully. Like when you were cutting a promo, all right, how do I get these fans to side with me? How do I get them to believe in me? How do I get them to emotionally connect with me? So every time you had that opportunity, I'm sure, Tommy, that's what was in your brain. That's what you were thinking. I got to get these fans on my side because right now they don't like me. How do I get them to like me? And at the same time, believe in this company, believe in ECW. And you were able to do that. You were able to probably do that better than anybody was has been ever able to do that. You were able to do that. I feel like with AEW right now, they're grabbing the low-hanging fruit where it's like you got to go deeper. You got to really emotionally connect with your audience. So like you said, Tommy, that they're chanting Tony's name. I mean, imagine how good Tony Khan would have felt last night with all the shit that he's had to go through if he heard... Uh, thousands of people chanting his name as opposed to somebody he let go. I mean, there was even a reference in that to like CM Punk, the whole all friendship wrestling. That's like, that's alluding to like what CM Punk said and what Jim Cornette says on his show. Again, the people who are against your company, you are leaning into the hate that people have for this company instead of embracing the good things about AEW. Like I, I, Listen, and I would love to hear from fans, Tommy, that love that promo. Like, if I had to grade that promo, I'd I'd give it an F. To me, that promo last night was a failure because 
that you had the potential for that to be an A. You had the potential to put somebody over. You had the potential to put your company over. And instead, you let it slip through your fingers and you had an arena full, full of people chanting Cody. To me, Darby Allen failed in that promo last night. Uh, I wouldn't say he failed. I would just say he ma- he didn't maximize or it's one of those what could have been. Darby is an emotional person. He again telling the truth. Um, and there's different ways to go about it, you know, talking about the revolution and change because the industry needed it. Now, when the industry really doesn't need it because people like WWE, you go the other route. Put what Darby Allen does and because the fans love Darby. They put do. what Darby Allen uh does. You know what part of the revolution, you know why, you know, I would say it all the time, like um about when to the naysayers, you know, about our style or, or all that stuff. You know why? Because they couldn't hang. Or I would say something like, you know why I go out there and risk it all or break my body down for them. And they're the part of the revolution. Without yeah. them, there is no revolution. And you know what? Without you, we don't need this current crap that's going on between you guys. You want that match? You got it. And we're going to end you uh, at revolution. Done. Boom. Yay. Showtime. Yo, what's going on? This is Bully Ray from Busted Open on Sirius XM's Fight Nation. For 15 years, we brought you the best pro wrestling talk on the planet. And now, we're bringing you even more. Yo, guys, welcome to Busted Open After Dark. Every Wednesday night, as soon as AEW Dynamite ends, I'm bringing you instant reactions with the Busted Open Nation. The only place to party on Wednesday nights is Busted Open After Dark. With me, Uncle Bully. Download it on Apple, Pandora, or wherever you get your The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Let's talk about that opening contest. Really good match between Dax and Moxley last night. Yes, uh, and again, where you're talking heels, baby faces, it, it it doesn't really seem to matter, especially in that match. The caller uh, said it. They went insane for that match. The match was really, really good. Um, Mox is an excellent wrestler. Dax is an excellent wrestler. 
the continuation of it at the end where he got choked out. Here comes partner. Here comes Claudio. Um, interesting. I know they're, you know, also kind of feuding with the CMLL guys who are these outsiders trying to mess up the company. So that was the little bit of weirdness, but you know, you gotta, I think sometimes, especially if you're watching AEW, forget about that for now, just because it's not happening and you're not going to change the grain. If you, if it bothers you so much, then don't watch it. But if not, if you don't watch it, you're going to miss a really, really good wrestling match. And that's what you saw. Yeah. And, and listen, I'm not, I'm not killing AEW. I have kind of a bit of a preference, Tommy, when it comes to that. Um, AEW fans don't want to be force-fed. And and please call in if I'm wrong, if I'm misinterpreting things, because I'm an AEW fan. But I just find it weird, like, the opening contest is a perfect example of it, Tommy. You have Dax, obviously part of FTR, you know, one of the greatest tag teams that are out there right now. Uber baby faces. But that crowd was chanting BCC. And that was a loud BCC chant. And then you have the interference. You know, then you have Mox not letting go to Dax, right? To the point where, you know, you get the outside help um, from Cash. And then, like, even Tony Schiavone says, like, you know, when Claudio hit the ring, Tony made the comment, like, I like all four of these guys. Like, okay, I mean, but look what Mox is doing to Dax. But the crowd to see seemed to be more into Moxley and Claudio than they at least vocally than they were to FTR. And and again, maybe that's what AEW is trying to do. And I know there's been a lot of AEW fans that have come at me, killing me, saying, "Dave, we don't want to be force fed anymore." We're going to choose who we like, and we're not going to let a storyline or a company dictate who we're going to like. So you kind of have that mishmash of emotions for most of these matches. Obviously, the uh, Christian and Adam Copeland, it's a different story. But for the most part in AEW, including Hangman Page and Swerve, I guess it's kind of Tommy like, hey, you choose who you want to root for. We're not going to tell you who we want you to root for. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard because if you're like, you know, I can't even say a wrestling purist. Like, if you're a baseball purist, oh, I hate this new rule, I hate this, I hate that. Uh, if you're a wrestling purist, if you really think about what we work for, we work for responses. So yeah. they're getting responses for their matches. And, I mean, psychology-wise, that was a really good laid-out match. I really enjoyed it. And the end result, if it was good versus bad, the choke out is going to get way more of a bigger response if he's bad. Um, but it's still got some heavy action, reactions. And then you're also going to probably see coming out of that an FTR versus Moxley and Claudio match, which I'm not unhappy about. No, so I, I love it. Got to go with the flow. But let me ask you this, and and again, I'm just interested because I really want to get in the mind of what's going on right now because, as I said, I watch it, I talk about it, and I'm a fan of it, and I want everything to succeed. So this is why we have a two-way talk show, Tommy, where fans yes. could call in and say, hey, you're wrong, Dave, just like just like the Darby Allen thing. I'm not, I'm not preaching that you have to think the same way I do, but I'm, that's my opinion. And then you can voice your opinion, 877-344-4893. But if I'm Dax, Tommy, like if you were Dax last night and you have that match with Moxley 
and you're getting choked out and Moxley's not letting letting go. And then you have Cash come in and hits the ring and then Claudio hits the ring. And then and then all of a sudden FTR is getting beat down. And then, you know, you're Dax and you're laying on that lower rope and you're passed out. And you hear BCC chants. When you go in the back, are you pissed off at the fact that, hey, I laid it open for the audience to boo them, but I, they actually got cheered and got a chant. Like, what's Dax's mindset after a match like that, Tommy? Uh, yeah, um, but that's not really on them. That's putting you in that match. Mm-hmm. Um, when they come out, they get this massive reaction as baby faces. So, and it's not like the crowd turned on him where they're not going to boo them next week or whenever they do wrestle again. That's just, you know, if you listen, I always look at wrestling as, you know, good versus evil um, at times. And, and I've broken this down many times. There was one anomaly to the rule and that was John Cena. But then the moment John Cena started, you know, t- the, during the U S title, he really turned the corner. And then now it came to the part of, wait, we're not going to have John Cena anymore. You appreciated him. I think the wrestling business owes Batista a lot of um, love because they kind of turned on Batista when that's not really his doing. And he went with the flow being a good uh, company person. Same will be said, you know, this is, if, again, I don't have the pencil. BCC could be top baby faces, top heels. How you want... Like, I just look overall picture. If I look overall picture, I say, okay, my future looks pretty damn bright because of I have all these people coming in. But when you have people like Swerve, if it, if it's me, I'm pushing Swerve to the moon as a baby face. Yeah, 100%. I'm not putting him around anybody who's a heel. I understand that he faced Rob Van Dam and had a great match with Rob Van Dam. I turned that team. I put Paige on the bad guy side. And I put Swerve, and in Swerve's great lingo, he says, I got a guy who I got respect because this guy kicked my teeth in, but guess what? I still beat him, but I understand he's one of the best. Rob Van Dam, boom. And it gets because, just like I said, with Edge hanging out with Daniel Garcia, eventually if Rob Van Dam could give the rub to another guy who's probably going to be your world champion one day if he continues on his trajectory – because overall picture, then I go, do people sell merchandise if they're tweeners? Do I go, eh, do I want that merchandise? Think of hot, hot, hot selling T-shirts. And I'll say from the WWE, our truth straight up babyface. When CM Punk first came back, now Cody, straight up babyfaces. When AEW first started, you know, Young Bucks were just printing money for their yeah. T-shirts. Um, you just got to look at it that way. And then, you know, sometimes you got to look out and when you go out on that ramp to, you see empty seats, why are these seats not fill? So then maybe I need to change my plan because yes, television wise, but like if I have Will Ospreay coming in baby face, um, everybody else, like, cause I mean, you have dream matches only go so, so far. And I do like, honestly, I do think they're doing a good job with following Tony Storm, Deanna Perrazzo. Perfect example. Good versus bad. Though people like Tony Storm, 
because of the character she created, yeah. but she also goes and works as a heel. And she also has interference with Mariah May and um, the butler. So th- there's a lot of different ways you can go about it. I mean, honestly, there, there's there's so much. But then I was like, all right, but then top, top tier people. What do I do? How do I keep them? Perfect example, Christian. Why is Christian so hated? Because of everything he does and everyone I fa- he faces. If you put And Christian has been an entity upon himself. Adam Copeland. How is Adam Copeland at, why is Adam Copeland so different from the rock? Do you think Adam goes, oh, I just want to, I'm sure Adam Copeland could go out there and pick and choose who he wants to wrestle. He's doing this open challenge with all these different things. And no one says, Oh, he's 50. Oh, he's this. They're like, man, we're seeing some of his best matches right now because of the positioning he put himself in. I'm going to wrestle this. I'm, I want to wrestle everybody. It's so different, but it's also, you know, him and Daniel Garcia, he was aggressive. They both were. They both told a great story. And then what happened? Bad interrupted what could have been a great match with a great outcome. Yeah. Kept it smart. Made me want to see those guys wrestle again or tag. But that is psychology. And it has to be implemented across the board. If you're selling out everywhere and all your merch is doing good and you're making a crap load of money like the WWE, fine then you just ride that wave. If you're not, how do I start doing that? You know, Conrad How do I get back to doing that? Yeah. Conrad Thompson said something recently. uh, And, and, you know, Tommy, I love Conrad. I respect Conrad a lot. Conrad Thompson said something that really struck me when it came to AEW and Tony Khan. Because Conrad, like me, is an AEW fan. And he wants... I think we all want AEW to succeed. But he said something in- interesting, and I, I kind of agree with this. He said that Tony grew up in an era of the tape trading. And anybody that grew up in the tape trading of the late 80s and the early 90s know that it's just a montage of matches. Like you would get, like I would get, I would get the uh, tapes, Tommy, from Japan. You know, all Japan, New Japan. I would get these montage tapes where, you don't get promos. You don't get stories. You just get the matches and these fantasy matchups and these great matches. Tony Khan grew up in that era. And I feel like when Tony Khan thinks of pro wrestling and what fans want, I think he thinks of those tape trading days where it's just, you know, banger match after banger match after banger match. Like, I think that's what Tony looks like, looks at. And if you look at AEW, it's very much the same. Like you look at next week's dynamite next week's dynamite. You're getting Moxley and Claudio against FTR makes sense after what we saw last week. But, you know, but I I think you get at least one great match on dynamite every week, right? At least one great match where you're like, wow, that was a fucking awesome match. You get that at least once a week from dynamite. But again, the stories and the emotional investment from the fans. I think with Tony Khan, and I could be wrong, I wish he would come back on so we could ask him this question for Tony time, but I feel like that he cares more about the match quality and the great matches than he does about the story. And I'm not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I feel like that's probably Tony Khan's mentality when he puts together these shows. Uh, I don't, it's a hard thing to answer. 
Um, I don't know. And again, I'm not opposed to just great matches, but you, again, Dave, for, for me, when I was, when I was promoting shows, right. Mm -hmm. My own house of hardcore, when I had, and it's, this is insane. One empty seat. I would be like, what the hell? And obsessed with that one empty seat as opposed to, well, you have so many people. You and I had a conversation about your laminated list show. You were at first like worrying, kept on going back to the site to see how it went. Overall, at the end of the day, it should be about the show. And your show was great. and It was packed. I had shows just like that. But I'll be like, what the hell did I do wrong to fill that one seat? And then... Once I did fill that one seat, I would be like, do I need to go to a bigger building? Like, that's the obsession that I have because I look at it more like, like I said, long-term and it became an unhealthy obsession, a bigger part of, you know, so many reasons why I stopped running my own shows. Uh, then I look at, well, if I'm the competition or if I'm this, or I'm that revolution, why was I doing this business and now I'm doing this business? But if my, I, again, I don't know those numbers, but if my business is fine, then, hey, I'm fine exactly in that place. Forget about all the, you know, social media. You're, you're just, you're going to find it uh, across the board. You cannot please anybody, everybody, just put it aside. But if I come to a show and, and like I said, if I'm looking, I, man, I got, I, I just had seen it. I have, uh, eventually I could get to show, Hawk and Osprey have a match. Uh, Jamie Hayter's looking good, and she's coming back. If I have Okada and Mercedes Monet, where does this fit in to my women's division? Where does Okada fit in? Because, oh, wow, I got to do Okada versus Kenny again or all these different things. Placing it strategically on the board, I could move back into that position, but it's not just going to be about matches. It's going to be about emotion, and if you really do break the business down it is about emotion and that connectiveness cool people will buy a t-shirt when they come to school come to a show but will you sell out those people's t-shirts if you have that emotional connection to them yeah and and i think the other thing tommy and whether it's a house of hardcore or let's just say other organizations that put on you know shows right you're putting on a show it's probably based on like when you put on a house of hardcore show Tommy, it was based on star power, right? It wasn't really based tried my on... best. Yeah, it and, was. But here's also what I, I realized because I did not have like you could put together all these great matches. Then you have other people wanting to do similar matches, you know, other promoters. Then it was I can't keep connective stories because wrestlers weren't under contract with me. But that's what and I mean. I realized. Yeah. Yes, I realized that the stories or what bringing the people in as opposed to just the matches. And yes, I know they're going to see, but if you're going to go see like, again, just looking at the landscape of the industry back then, I just saw it. I was like, there's no way I could give something original or something different because they're going to see this somewhere else. Or the moment I started getting somebody hot, they would be signed with someone somewhere else. And yes, they could still work for me, but you can't, invest in them and that's why like with with aew it's a, it's episode it is episodic tv 
you know, why am I going to tune in next week? What's going to be the hook? Like you said, a great way to end that show last night was with Christian Cage because that's going to be the hook that makes you tune into the next week. So, yes, the great matches, that's usually left for the pay-per-views because even when the WWE had some crappy storylines that we would be scratching our head because they wouldn't dot the I's and cross the T's creatively – their pay-per-views always kicked ass because you have such great talent. They were going to give you great matches. But, you know, it's going to be the stories that make you tune in week in and week out and that emotional connection because you wanted them to tune in each and every nice. week. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's the most important thing. But, and listen, when I look at we talked about that six-man tag. It's Samoa Joe, Swerve, and Brian Cage against Paige, Hook, and Rob Van Dam. I would think that next week both those teams are going to get cheered because you have Hook and Rob Van Dam who are loved, and then on the other side you have Swerve that's loved. Now maybe this is leading to part of the story. Maybe Joe and, and Cage turn on Swerve or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? So maybe it plays in, but I'm with you. Right now, and, you, and listen to the crowd, Hangman Page got booed last night, and Swerve got cheered. So when I look at like this match for next week, it's odd to me, but maybe that at the end of the day, that's going to play into the story and we'll have to tune in next week to find out. It's reminding me of a different version of Brett and Steve Austin Mm. when all that was happening. And then Brett totally had to evoke like the heelish persona or even when he did it like with Sean, because I mean, Brett was loved but then he became like whiny and he's still a great wrestler. And then, I mean, Brett was an amazing heel. He truly, truly was. Um, and, and I feel hangman page could be as well. Uh, if I'm looking at connective tissue and great storyline, the main event has me hooked with Joe um, swerve hangman, even Joe Joe's kind of now embracing the killer that Joe should be. And doesn't care who's in his way. And Joe is an amazing talker, amazing champion. I love Joe. That is great connective tissue. Tony Storm and Deanna Perrazzo has so many different layers. And there's so much to it. And it was that was just really in a backstage, not in front of the fans. And then how uh, Renee sold it to Deanna was, was really good. And then also, like, you know, the Ed Adam Copeland and Christian Cage story, all very, very good to continue what you're going, or even without people. Don Callis, what he the match that he announced, which will pretty much be like a Will Ospreay, you know, debut while he's under contract. Him versus uh Takshida, it's gonna that's a main event match with no build. It's just Don Callis putting it out there. Yeah, You can't have the build with the guy not really being there because he's only going to be there for a little bit, and maybe he wants to take a little break. I don't know. I know my overall, like I said, where I'm going to go, that show is going to be friggin' amazing. Yeah. Um, And there are a little bit of holes, but, yes, just great matches do not get you to the dance. Think yeah, of, I- like, what, 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 what the world's been talking about with the story. That's just one part of it. Where and now the other matches are all taking place from, you know, the the winner of the Royal Rumble for both male and female, the turn with Bailey, all these different layers to what we also know is already going to be some great matches. 
those are the keys to the, it's the, the match is one thing, but the why is the whole other thing. Yeah. And to catch that too, like when Don Callis announced that match last night, kind of the match of the decade, I, f- I feel like there's gotta be a story there. You're not just going to have two family members wrestling just for the sake of having them wrestle. Uh, I would think that there's going to be at the end of the day, a story. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast. Catch the full three hours of Busted Open every day of the week at 9 a.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fight Nation, channel 156. Go to SiriusXM.com backslash Busted Open Trial to start your free trial today. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.